this is George Diary, and I'm bringing you the truth from my own perspective. Praise God. I bring you greetings in the name of Jesus. And today um, I'll be discussing um, a very sensitive topic. Um, I call it sensitive because a lot of Christians um, believe um, in generational curses and yeah, they believe in generational curses and the need for believers in Christ Jesus to visit deliverance centers like all over Nigeria and some other parts of the world. We have places where Christians visit um, trying to get um, these deliverance ministers to cast out um, demons from them. And um, the question now, and, and sometimes when casting out these demons, you know, um, they are breaking generational causes. Sometimes these generational causes are said to be the reason why um, they are not getting married or the reason why they are not having children or the reason why uh, there seems to be a kind of pattern um, in their lives. And today we are going to be looking at um, the doctrine of generational causes and um, to see what the Bible says um, concerning that. So many Christians believe in what I would call the doctrine of generational causes, um, where it is said to be the cause of, you know, to be caused by the sins of the fathers or maybe certain covenants um, once forefathers entered with idols. So um, because their forefathers entered a certain covenant with idols, some Christians begin to believe that they are still under a curse as a result of what their forefathers did. I like how the Bible describes idols. The Bible described them as mere objects, non-living things, and very inconsequential. Now, evil spirits takes advantage of people's ignorance to manipulate them using these idols as a cover. I come from Nigeria, where some believe their destinies were tied to a tree or thwarted as a result of covenants their ancestors entered with these idols. And therefore, they will have to go through various rituals, fasting, prayers, and, and some kind of spiritual exercises to break free from these curses. One is therefore left to wonder, can we be in covenant with Jesus and also be in covenant with idols? Other folks believe that when they are going through certain difficulties, it may be God punishing them as a result of their father's sins. Those who believe in these often say we should read and apply everything in the Bible and therefore they freely quote um, a portion of the Bible that seems to support their school of thought. Now let's read. Um, we are going to be reading Exodus 20 verse 5. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the fourth, to, to the third and fourth generation 
of those who hate me. We also see a similar statement in Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. It says, God doesn't change. And since he doesn't change, certain folks... Okay, yeah. It says God doesn't change. Yeah, and so since it doesn't change, certain folks also think that God doesn't forget our iniquities, but visits them upon our generations, as the scriptures have said. Now, we need to be very clear about something. God does not change, yes. God is consistent in his character, but the problem is that a lot of people don't know the character of God. They don't understand who God is. What they know about God is the rumors they hear about God. The character of God is not explicitly shown in the Old Testament. I keep telling people this. The character of God cannot be known by simply looking at the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not a wholesome revelation of who God is. Until Jesus came, the character of God was not understood. People attributed certain things to God based on their ignorance. And of course, it's it's understandable. God said, I overlook um, things on the basis of ignorance. God can overlook, you know, days of people's ignorance. So people ignorantly, you know, um, credited things that wasn't necessarily God on God. But when Jesus came, Jesus brought us, or Jesus himself is the complete explanation of who God is. So if we want to learn God's character, we learn Jesus. Jesus is the explanation of God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful words after he had provided purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven now many christians believe that we shouldn't overlook the writings of the old testament of course i also don't advocate that we overlook the writings of the old testament sometimes when we say that the old testament is not a wholesome revelation on who god is it's not a wholesome revelation on the character of god on the person of god a lot of people think we are saying that we should bundle the old testament and throw it um, into the garbage bin a lot of people think that we are saying we should just focus on reading the new testament So while it is true that we should study the Old Testament, we shouldn't study or read the Old Testament as though we are under its law. That's the difference. We are not saying, or I am not saying, that you shouldn't read or study the Old Testament. But you shouldn't read or study the Old Testament as though you are still under the laws that were proposed in the Old Testament. And you also shouldn't read it um, as though it's a wholesome revelation on its own. You you shouldn't read it and take everything you see in it literally. Because if we should take everything we see in the Old Testament literally, 
That means we should go back to the days of sacrificing lambs and calves and doves and pigeons. We should go back to the days of, of sacrifice. We should go back to the days of slavery. We should go back to the days of, of killing people because they committed adultery or because they committed fornication or because they disobeyed their parents and all that. So we need to understand that the Old Testament is simply types and shadows. Praise Jesus. Now, when we are reading the Old Testament, when we are studying the Old Testament, we should study the Old Testament using the lens of the epistles, using the lens of the new creation realities. We are not called to merely preach and see the whole Bible. We are called to preach and see Jesus through the whole Bible. So when I'm reading Genesis, I am trying to see Jesus in Genesis. When I'm reading Leviticus, I am trying to see Jesus in Leviticus. Hallelujah. When we read anything in the Bible, we must look through the lens of the gospel concerning the character of Jesus. When it is not in the character of God as expressed in Jesus, then we have not rightly divided the word of God. To rightly divide the word of God is to bring the word, you know, scramble this word and bring out of this word what God really wants us to get from it. Sometimes you buy um, a drink. The drink comes in nice label, nice packaging, um, in a bottle. The bottle has a cap. First of all, you, you uncap the bottle, throw the cap away, drink the content, throw the bottle away. The bottle is not needed. The, 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 the label is not needed. They are not what gives you vitality. They are not what, um, they are, it has a purpose. But once you take the content, they have outlived their purpose. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when, we, when you are reading, um, when you are studying the Bible, including the Old and the New Testament, and you are not seeing Jesus being expressed, you are not seeing the character of God being expressed, then you have not rightly divided the word of God. Now, coming to the question, does God visit the iniquity of the fathers upon his generations? Is there such a thing as generational curse for a believer? I'm going to answer that now. Let's read somewhere in the Bible. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. God wasn't saying something new when he talked about remembering sin. It wasn't something that that was it was it was something that was already in effect sin was already in the world the sin of adam already affected all generations the curse of sin trailed behind every man until jesus came john 3 16 tells us that jesus was given because god loves us so much and didn't desire that anyone should perish now let's see what happens after then let's read romans chapter 5 from verse 18 to 19. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation of all people, 
so also one righteousness one, one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people just as through disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners so also the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous i'm going to take that again consequently just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people let me explain just as sin just as one simple sin from one man resulted in condemnation for all people just as the sin of one man adam resulted in the condemnation of humanity so also one righteous act of Jesus resulted in justification and life for all people. Because just as through the disobedience of Adam and many were made sinners, through the obedience of one man, Jesus, many were made righteous. Hallelujah. So, God didn't forget the iniquities of the fathers. He, however, dealt with it once and for all on the cross. He remembered their sins on the cross. The sins of the sins were remembered on the cross once and for all. Not only was the sins of Adam dealt with, but the sins of the entire human race were also dealt with. And anyone who accepts this sacrifice of Jesus receives God's gift of life. The moment you accept the sacrifice of Jesus, the moment you accept Jesus, what happens is that you receive a new life. This new life starts on a fresh slate. It starts from a fresh note. There is no past. In this new life, there is no past. In the natural sense, there is a past. In the natural sense, the things you did while in the world, the things you did, the people, if you killed any person, if you committed abortion and it affected your womb, if you, if you, um, if you did anything that affected you or affected someone else, they are still there in the natural sense. But in the spiritual sense, you are a new person. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are new. Hallelujah. So the sins of the entire human race was also dealt on the cross. Quoting from Jeremiah 31, the writer of Hebrew, you know, reminded us of God's plan for salvation from sin forever. This is the answer to our question on whether God visits the iniquities of the fathers upon their children. Hebrews 8:12. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more hallelujah this is god speaking we have a deal here god said he will visit the iniquities of the fathers and it was done in jesus right from the roots the bible says god made him who had no sin that is second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 god made him who had no sin to be seen for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god jesus became sin for us that we might become God's righteousness. We have no business with the iniquities of the fathers anymore. We were not just saved from the past. We were also saved from the future. Things changed right from the cross. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. It was not a joke. 
it is finished was not a joke. He meant it. No matter what happened in the past, the believer in Christ Jesus will not suffer generational curse. We rather have generational blessings. As the Bible says in Ephesians, in the book in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessings. Hallelujah. The reason many believers experience what they ought not to experience is that they believe a lie and they live that lie. When you believe that you have a generational curse, you start experiencing things that necessarily shouldn't have been around you. Some things are happening to you today because you allowed it by accepting it through your belief system. Let God's word be true and every man a liar. You have been blessed with the blessings of Abraham and part of that blessing includes being eternally blessed. So a Christian cannot have a generational curse. We can only enjoy generational blessings and God doesn't visit the sins of the fathers on the third and the fourth generation. So the question has been answered. But now let me also add this because I wanted to do an entirely new teaching titled Breaking Generational Curses. But I think it's important that I do it here so that it kind of brings um, a wholesome balance to these teachings. Now, it is possible for um, a family to discover a pattern in their lives. It is possible for a family to discover a pattern in their lives. Just the same way um, someone who has a certain sickness can transfer this sickness to the children. It's possible. But this has nothing to do um, with generational causes. Sometimes, to break free from the same thing that affected your father, you have to change your habits. You have to change your character. You have to change your habits. To break free from poverty sometimes, you have to do what your father did not do. You have to sit up and walk. You don't, it's not just about sitting up and walk. You have to think out new strategies. You have to get a business mentor. You have to do what your father did not do. Now remember, we have established that a believer cannot be under generational curse but it's also possible that in your in your dealings in your life dealings you will experience what your father experienced if you do the same thing your father did if you do the same mistake your father did maybe your father impregnated someone outside you can also do you can also impregnate someone outside it's possible to also impregnate someone outside because you are doing the same thing that your father did it's all possible so certain patterns can be can be seen certain patterns can be seen in lives simply because you are doing the same thing that your father did it's not it's not a generational curse it's not a generational curse it's simply because you have not broken free from the grips of your father's habit because um when you give birth to children they get a bit of your dna they get parts of your dna they get parts of your mother's of their mother's dna and sometimes they begin to exhibit some characters you exhibited because whatever you are doing is replicating it's it's registering in your dna so when you give birth to children the way you talk the way you walk some of your habits they will have it but that is why parenting is important when it comes to parenting 
parenting means you guiding your children in the way they should go not in what has been transferred to them via dna and the things transferred via dna they are not solved by prayers they are solved by training the negative things transferred by dna let me say that again they are not solved by prayers they are not solved by deliverance they are solved by trainings when a child does not undergo training it's very possible that they will exhibit the same bad habits their fathers exhibited but when their father know that i wouldn't want my child to make the same mistake i made they will have to train these children to understand why they shouldn't live the same way their fathers did that is why it's possible to see a child of a drunkard or a child of a drunk not getting drunk it's possible to see a child of a prostitute not being a prostitute why because the parents understood the consequences of their lives they understood the consequences of their mistakes they understood the terrible lives they they lived and why it's important to save their children from those from that kind of lifestyle and they trained their children they committed their children to training not to deliverance because the moment you come to jesus you have been delivered out of darkness into god's marvelous light you have been delivered but you still need training that is why the bible talks about renewal of your mind but be transformed by the renewal of your minds your minds need renewal because the lives you live you live in this earth you experience a lot of people you experience a lot of lifestyles you experience a lot of things you see people do and you see people do a lot of things and you are prone to learn from them when you don't guard your mind that is why even if even if you you have learned bad habits you need to keep renewing your mind to renew your mind means to be given to the word of god to be given to trainings you renew your mind you save yourself out from now i'm talking about i'm talking about what i'm talking about now is more physical than spiritual sometimes again it's also more biological because certain habits can only be saved can only be solved by replacing that habit with another habit praise god so i am what i'm teaching you right now is how to save yourself or how to or how to free yourself from the same patterns that your father saw on his own father and you don't want to see it on your on your on your on your you know on your own self or on your children for example again when you notice that a certain sickness killed your grandfather it killed your father you need to you need to go to the hospital and start investigating what is really wrong i used to have a growth i used to have a growth and then i went to the hospital after diagnosing me it was discovered that i got the problem it's a hereditary problem my father didn't have it but someone in his family had it so it was from dna and i was treated and that was the end of it and i was assured it's not going to go to my children so sometimes the the time we spent 
going from one deliverance to another if we can spend it on 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 trainings if we can spend it on 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 you know going to the root of our habits and solving them if we can spend it on these things we will get better results but first of all you you need to know that you are delivered you need to know that you are saved you need to know that you are no longer you are not under any curse because a lot of people are living in fear a lot of people are living a lie and when you continue to live a lie the lie becomes your truth the lie becomes your experience the lie becomes your reality you have been saved now it's time to live as saved I said something earlier in this station I said you have been empowered now let me tell you something the Bible says um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do God works in you both to will and to do what this means is that God has empowered you to do good God has empowered you to live to, to manifest your salvation. God has empowered you to manifest the love that is in you. Because as a child of God, you are born of love. The same way God is love, God's children, they are love. When you are not loving, you are not living your truth. You are living a lie. Some things we do, some things we do as believers, we are not living out who we are. We are living a lie. It is when we start learning it is when we start learning the culture of the kingdom that is when we start living like the people of the kingdom when um an african gives birth to a child maybe in a white man's land and then you know the child was trained by a white man the baby may have attitude the baby may not really understand his culture his roots he may not understand it the baby for the baby to start speaking his or her indigenous language the baby has the, the child maybe now grown up to a man has to take time to learn to be able to live like africans to be able to live in the culture of africans to be able to dress like africans and all that he may have to subject himself to learning but it doesn't mean he is not african he is african it doesn't mean he's not african so the same way you are you are a child of god and when you experience some things, it doesn't mean you are not saved. It doesn't mean um, you have been set free from any curse. It doesn't mean you are not saved or that you have not been set free. You have been set free. You are saved. But now it is time to commit yourself to training. That is the essence of gathering as believers. That is the essence of the church. To train us, to encourage us, to build us up for ministry. Hallelujah. I believe this teaching blessed you. And you can do well to um, follow this podcast because more and more of these teachings um, will be coming. I call you blessed.